theme song means it is once again time to promo the Geek Wolf Pack podcast. I'm your Papa Wolf, Nick Kelly. And I'm your Mama Wolf, Stacia Kelly. And I'm Thermal Wolf, Brandon Kelly. Here on the podcast, we're just a couple of generations geeking out and sharing what we think we think. We'll share the latest nerd news and sci-fi happenings. Looking for life hacks? I'll tell you if there's an app for that. And I'll give you the latest from a gamer's point of view. Plus, every episode includes some of what we like to call ADHD D&D. I'm a healer, and I killed a dragon. Spoilers. <laughs> so join us here at the Geek Wolfpack Podcast. Join us on iTunes, Stitcher, Blueberry, or wherever you find your podcasts, or simply at geekwolfpackpodcast.com. And as always, geek out. I'm Void. And I'm Beach. And together, we're the geek to geek Podcast. Well, we make it. It is kind of us, but I guess it's separate. Every week, we pick a topic from geek or digital culture and chat about it for a while. And you're invited. We talk about books and movies, games, comics, the internet. Or really whatever we feel like. Yeah, that too. So look for the geek to geek podcast on iTunes. Or wherever your podcasts are sold. Or downloaded. Or whatever. Hello, my name is Joe Hogan. Many of you know me as Epic Grays in various video games and social media. Welcome to episode 102 of Geektitude, a geek culture podcast that celebrates the inner geek in all of us. Today, I'm very excited to be joined by Raven of the Girls Gone Wild podcast. Woo-hoo! How are you doing, Raven? Uh, I'm doing really well. I'm really glad to be back. Uh, and a big congratulations to you for passing the uh, 100 episode milestone. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, we were Yeah, very it was a great episode. I just finished listening to it yesterday. Uh, I think uh, Rob did a really good job interviewing you. Um, it was really interesting. It was really funny uh, listening to him pretending to be you. <laughs> well, it was funny because one of the episodes that I recorded with Rob a while ago, he broke into the Void and Beige uh, uh, Geek to Geek commercial as we took a commercial <laughs> break and he did like a spot on imitation of wow. both of them. It was that pretty funny. So he's, he's a big fan of that kind of, uh, imitating hosts. On <laughs> no, it was a really good show. Um, I'm really sorry that I didn't send you like an audio. Um, I intended to do so. Um, but my work is really stressful at the moment and my short term memory has just completely, uh, vanished. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm right there with you. So I completely, completely understand. <laughs> Yeah, um, I was listening to that and I was like, oh, shit, I forgot to, I was going to send something in. Um, <laughs> but I listen to podcasts either like you do in the car or when I'm cycling. So neither of these places are conducive to me writing down, send Joe a, an audio. So I forgot. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Well, and when I went back to, to figure out when we last had you on, I was like, how has it been since, like, we haven't talked to you since episode 15. Whoa! Like, how, how did Oh, my God. It? I guess I came on State of the Geek, didn't I? Um you came yeah. on State of the Geek. We met in We did. That was amazing. Was really yes. It was amazing. In fact, I've had, like you, I, I've also had a year of kind of meeting people uh, through podcasting this year because you came to see us in London and Cheryl, who's one of our listeners, came to see us in London too. Um, so, in fact, I haven't really gone anywhere. I've just sat here in London and people have 
jetted across <laughs> the world to come and see us, uh, which has been... It's kind of a surreal experience. It's amazing. Isn't it? It's amazing. But yeah, it's really weird. It's like standing at my local tube station at Waltham Stoke Central waiting for Shoral was really weird. It's like, I have no idea what this person looks like. They come from, uh, where does Shoral live? Like Minneapolis? Uh, <laughs> like, okay. um, she come a really long way. Uh, and I was wearing my Girls Got Mad t shirt. So she was like, oh, you must be Raven. And I was like, I am Raven. Um, uh, and then she came <laughs> to my house and we recorded an episode of our show with her sitting on my couch. It was really weird. Oh, awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it was really weird. And then obviously I went to, to the pub with you and your lovely husband, which was lovely. And thank you so much for, for hosting us out there. I mean, like we, we got off the, the tube and we were like, we would never be out this way if we didn't have to, you know, we, we were kind of sticking it to the, um, sticking to the, the yeah. touristy areas. And I'm like, this feels a little bit more yeah, authentic. Yeah, yeah, Walthamstow <laughs> is a proper, it's, it's an authentic bit of London that people actually live in, uh, unlike all the tourist bits, yeah. which are a bit like, <laughs> you know, the centre of any city, the touristy bits tend to not be where people live. But, you yeah, know, this, this is a proper hardcore residential area. Uh, and I took you to a proper English pub. Uh, and you had yes. proper English pint. And, uh, yeah, it's all good. Yeah. Um, so what's been going on since we last spoke? I mean, oh obviously I'm not going to say so two yeah, years ago, two years ago. <laughs> but, but like recently, what's, what's been going on with you and your show? You're about to hit, like we're celebrating my 100. You're about to hit we 300. Oh yes. We are at like 295, um, which is amazing. So on Christmas Eve, we're going to be recording show 300. How fucking mad is that? <laughs> it's mental. Um, yeah, seven years of podcast. Seven years of Girl, Girls Gone Wild. Um, it's a, it, it's, it, it just slightly blows my mind to think about it. Uh, so yeah, looking forward to that. Um, not quite sure what we're going to do in terms of show format exactly, but we'll do. There'll be a lot of prosecco involved, probably a lot of gin. You know. <laughs> well, it's it's funny. People don't realize it, like the pressure that you get put under <laughs> when you're coming up to a milestone episode, and you're like, I've got to do something special for this, but I don't know what that is. Yeah. Um. Well, what we did for show 200 worked quite well, so I think we'll do something similar where we um asked listeners to send EJ questions for me and send me questions for EJ, but do them privately, so we didn't know what the questions were. Um, and then we mm -hmm. sat around a microphone at my house and drank a lot and uh, asked each other lots of questions uh, and had a bit of a general chat awesome. about stuff. So that worked quite well. Um, oh, I came up with a really good idea yesterday in the car and I now can't remember what it was. See, short term memory it's gone. Hopefully it'll come back in. Uh, so, yeah, we'll probably do something like that. People seem to enjoy it. Episode 200 was a bit epic. It we actually had to split it into two parts because it was four hours worth of recording. Oh my God. A... Yeah. Well, I put out my, my episode 100 was, was two and a half hours and I could hear like friends who have told me, keep it down to an hour. I could hear them. <laughs> and I was like, it's okay. It's all right. I'm allowed to indulge a little bit on my episode 100. Yeah. I, I, like I think an hour to an hour and a half is a good length for a show. I know uh we do sometimes go over that um two mm -hmm. hours is a bit of a hard limit for us though because the file size in order to keep the file size at a size that uh, wordpress will allow me to upload um i basically need mm -hmm. to keep it at two hours or else it becomes too big and i have a big argument with wordpress yes. and it doesn't work um and i don't i've actually stopped listening to quite a lot of podcasts that regularly go longer than two hours 
Um, just I can't. My journey time is is only like it's about thirty five minutes to cycle into work, um, and so thirty five mm-hmm. minutes home. And the other time um, is I'm listening is mostly in the car between here and the yard, which again is like it's anywhere between twenty and thirty five minutes. So if I'm listening to something that's over two hours, it sort of feels like. I get a bit confused. I sort of forget where I was, forget what was going on. Um, it, it's just a bit, it's like too much. <laughs> um, and you don't feel like you're ever getting through it because every time you get in the car, it's like, oh God, have we still not got to the end of the show yet? Like, um, so I've stopped listening to really, really long stuff and like stuff that's, uh, yeah, about an hour to an hour and a half. But we fairly frequently go an hour and 45, so I can't really complain too much. <laughs> and, and speaking of the yard, how is Dino uh, doing? Well, well, uh, unfortunately, Dino has, uh, he's jammed up the left side of his pelvis. Uh, yeah, oh. I'm not quite sure. He had to see, like, he saw his osteopath a couple of weeks ago and then he wasn't quite right. So I sent some video to my osteopath this week and he was like, oh, uh, that looks well wonky. Let me come and sort that out. So, uh, he had a visit from the osteopath yesterday, which he detested. Um, because I, I mean, it, it, yeah, watching an, like, if you've ever had, any osteopathy you'll know it's quite a kind of physical sort of a thing there's lots of like like it's it's pretty hardcore manipulation and like popping your spine back mm-hmm. into place and clicking everything and like it's quite a kind of hardcore thing it's quite a hardcore thing on a human um it's an even more hardcore thing on a horse and my osteopath is about five foot four so <laughs> oh like, david was like oh yeah so i think i need to click his spine and i'm like it's a 600 kilogram horse how are you going to click his spine uh he's like oh it's quite straightforward so he just kind of picks up one of the back feet and like waggles it a little bit until dino sort of releases that leg and then sort of bounces and like hoiks the leg like back up into the joint and it did sort of click and the pony went Whoa! Uh, and I was like, fuck it, all. Um, uh, but yeah, so actually he's a bit, he's a bit wonky and he's a bit stiff and, um, we're not allowed to canter for at least a month, which is a bit of a shame. So yeah, he's on, he's on gentle exercise and rehabilitation at the moment, which is slightly annoying. Now, is this a, um, he seems to have had a lot of issues. Is this normal um, for horses or is this? Just kind of is this kind of just par for the um, course? Yeah, it, it's not. Yeah, like quite a lot of horses do have quite a lot of issues throughout their lives. He his hips are just a bit dodgy, so he's always being seen mm. by the osteopath, and quite often he's got tension in one hip or the other, and his pelvis is usually a little bit wonky. Um, to have one side quite so jammed up is really unusual, and it's going to take a little bit of um stuff to undo it um but yeah horses are quite easily broken particularly if they're used to riding it's they're not really designed to be ridden <laughs> um we put them under quite a lot of strain expecting them to carry a human so um mm-hmm. yeah they are uh they're either really really easily broken or like super hardy and you couldn't break them if you tried that's gotcha. kind of what they come in um you can get little sort of round ponies that i mean you just couldn't rate them if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he, he, he's, he's probably broken slightly more than the average pony, but it's not uncommon for horses to break easily. Or maybe. Yeah, he'll be all right. <laughs> my, my bank balance on the other hand, that's a different matter. Sure. <laughs> I mean, we've got the, pu- we've just got the puppy and, and the bank balance Ooh. gets a little scary. Sometimes. Yeah. Scary stuff. 
Uh, but yes, uh, other than that, I think uh, I don't think an awful lot has changed. I, I, I am still a deputy CEO for a small charity that hasn't changed. Uh, the economic situation in which the charity finds itself in has changed for the worse, unfortunately. Um, the world is a ridiculous place at the moment, uh, which I know you don't talk about on this <laughs> podcast, but the world is a ridiculous place at the moment in every possible way. Um, and uh, I'm really bored. It's winter already, and it's only been winter for like a week. Uh oh, that's that does not bode well because it's going to be winter for for a little bit longer. It's going to be winter for ages. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I'm not a great fan of winter. Um, it's got to that stage because the clocks have gone back, um, and yours right. have gone back as well. Right. That now, if I'm not careful, I cycle to work in the dark. I work all day. I leave work in the dark. I go and do the horse in the dark, uh, and don't really get any sunlight, um, which is a bit depressing. Yes. I can imagine. I, I, I'm in a similar in a similar spot because I am leaving when it's dark in the morning, and luckily my drive is long. <laughs> By the time I get there, it's not dark anymore. But um, but yeah, then I'm I'm you know getting home at like eight at night. So yeah, I I hear you. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, what have you been up to geeky wise this week? Geeky wise this week. Uh, well, I played a little bit of World of Warcraft. Um. Not huge quantities of World of Warcraft because uh, I've been working really long hours recently, but I did this week finally, finally get my torn invitation. Do you know about the torn invitation? I don't. So the torn invitation is from the uh, the Nightfallen. You can get it in the emissary caches, and it is the quest that or the uh, the item that drops that starts the quest. So you can get your fox mount. Oh, okay. Uh, I've seen those a couple running around, and I didn't know how. I like. I am so far behind. <laughs> now. I I got my main to one ten, okay. and I was done. And so I just started playing again this week in any kind of um, regular way. Okay. And uh, I I started a new character. I am I'm Aww. not even going back to Legion stuff. I I am a little intimidated with by it by this point. So yeah. I'll have to get some tips. There's- yeah, there's a lot going on. I mean, you can skip a lot of it. The the thing that they've done for Endgame, if you haven't played a lot of it, is that you can kind of skip straight to the um, current content. So now you don't have to do, unless you want flying, which obviously is helpful, in which case you need to do, there's four, four, five, there's a whole bunch of rep grinds you need to do. Um, right. for the uh, Dreamwalkers, uh, Dreamwalkers for the for the Druidy people up in Valshirar, um, and for the Tauren, and for the the Stormheim, and for the Azuna, and for the Nightfall, and so it's five um uh, sets of rep grinds you need to do. You need to get them all to, I think it might be revered, it might be exalted, um, to get flying. Um, but if you, you're not too bothered about that, you can skip almost straight to the stuff to the very very um current stuff um up in august because there's loads of catch-up mechanics and stuff i uh as you know i don't do a lot of alts so i haven't i'm not really the right person to ask because <laughs> i don't because <laughs> i played this all through at uh at the speed at which it came out but um yeah you, there's loads of catch-up mechanics in place and you can do so you don't have to do quite a lot of the stuff that you did have to do previously if you don't want to you can just sort of Get straight to the main to the current content. Get yourself raided up, and then um, and Taurus is opening next week, uh, the next raid. Um, 
But the fox mount is pretty cool, and basically this item drops some, like, quite a lot of people had it drop quite quickly when they were questing mm-hmm. in, um, through the Nightfall and stuff in Suramar. Uh, but I've been doing fucking Suramar emissary caches forever now, and it's only just dropped for me this week. <laughs> well, it's that random number it generator is. that. Blizzard yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've been doing these um, Paragon quests because there's mounts that drop out of all of these Paragon quests, uh, chests. Um, so once you get to Exalted with all of the original factions in Legion, um, for every thousand rep you get beyond that, you get an extra chest. Um, and each mm-hmm. of those can has a chance to have a mount drop. And I know loads of people who've got all of their mounts already and it's absolutely fine. And I've got none. <laughs> and EJ's not got any either. Um, so yeah, I don't. I, I'm almost believing. I'm almost on the verge of declaring these mounts imaginary. Um, so that was this week's excitement, uh, if you can call it excitement. In well, <laughs> um, <laughs> I have been uh, keeping up with the current series of Lucifer. I do, do you watch Lucifer? You do watch Lucifer, don't Love you? Lucifer. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, I mean, who wouldn't want to stare at him all day? Um, so I've been keeping up to date with that, which I'm quite enjoying. Um, I think even into what are we in season three now, four, three, three, I think. Three. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think it's sort of continuing to stand up quite well, which is good because quite often you get like a really good first season, and then a mediocre second season, and then yeah. like it all gets a bit boring. Um, but actually, I think they're doing quite a good job with keeping it sort of appropriately paced and keeping a good storyline and and all that kind of stuff. So I've been enjoying that. Um, I've also been... uh, I watched a bit of Supergirl. Uh, I'm not quite totally up to date with Supergirl, but I have been watching Supergirl. Uh, And obviously I've been watching Discovery, but we're going to talk about that in a minute. Um, So I finished up to episode nine of Discovery now. I watched that last night. I am uh, way behind on Supergirl. And because I'm way behind on Supergirl, I have not started this season of Flash or Arrow because we have not gotten through last season of Flash and Arrow because we got stuck on the big four-part crossover. Oh, yes. And I and um, I have to convince my husband to get us through Supergirl so I at least understand what's going on. I'm not going to do the, the fourth one. I, I can't. Uh, I just can't follow that. I, um, weirdly, was only watching Supergirl. Um, so I've gone back to start watching Arrow and I'm just in season three of Arrow. So when I finished season three of Arrow, I need to go and watch season one of Flash. And I've watched mm-hmm. the first couple, I've, I've watched the first episode because it was a crossover episode. And then I was like, well, like when you're binging on them, it becomes a bit like, I don't know what order to watch these in now. So I was like, <laughs> so I'm going to watch to the end of season three of Arrow and then I'll go back and watch, um, Flash. Uh, but yes, it did mean that in the middle of last season with the big crossover, I was like, I actually have no idea what happened because <laughs> I only <laughs> the Supergirl episode and uh, didn't see any of the others because I haven't got that far with those yet. Um, it's- yeah, I, I got to the point where, like, I think I think part of the thing that's not pushing us to go back there is at least with Flash and Arrow, a lot of it's kind of the CW ness of the whole. I the whole show it's just kind of like if you guys stopped keeping secrets from one another none of the problems would be happening. Yeah. Yeah. Um there was an awful lot of oh I can't believe you lied to me. Uh don't keep secrets. No, we shall never keep secrets from each other ever again. 
uh next episode oh well i can't possibly tell you that so uh okay so you learned nothing last episode great okay good <laughs> it gets a little bit of that treadmill feel where it's like come on guys. yeah exactly you've been doing <laughs> this for years now times now <laughs> lies yourself. and secrets equal back yeah exactly uh you all like each other a lot none of the lies and secrets you've told so far have stopped you talking to each other so uh maybe you should just go on with it but yeah um i don't i, I mean i don't dislike arrow um but maybe I just like staring at Stephen Amell. I mean, maybe that's it. Oh my gosh, he, <laughs> he really is. Um, yeah, I watched his round of um, Celebrity American Ninja. Have you? Yes. Like somebody showed it to me on YouTube, and I was like, "Fucking hell!" <laughs> like, like he made it look like a walk in the park. <laughs> and and it was like his whole thing is he wanted to get to the salmon ladder. Yeah. And that was past what most people do. Like it wasn't like he didn't have to go that far, but that was his goal because that's what he's known for. Yeah. He's like, I'm just going to do another one. I'm just going to do another one. Yeah. And then when he got to the end, he's like, can I do a bit more? Yeah. It's like, okay, yeah, fine. Um, Yeah. And he barely even looked like he broke a sweat. Uh, yeah, and then he's hanging from that last one. He's uh, like, I'm going to have to give in. And it's like, you're going to have to give in, yet you're still hanging from Yeah, this so you're thing. just like hanging there and like waving at people and like, oh, fucking hell. Yeah, kind of incredible. Absolutely incredible. I'm going to go with the idea that he didn't run out of energy or strength. He just got bored. I think that's <laughs> Like he was just like, I'm done. <laughs> yeah. Uh, somebody else's turn now. No, it was really, I was, uh, I was really impressed. Um, and that's maybe why I like Arrow. Um, yeah. Because actually, otherwise, it's quite a lot of the same brooding all over, like, and then more brooding and then more brooding and everybody having kind of the same problem. <laughs> yes. Yes. Over and over, over and over and over again. And over again. Um, yeah. So I've watched a bit of that. Um, what else have I been watching? Uh, oh, I've been watching a lot of NCIS, but I, no, that's terrible. You shouldn't watch NCIS. It's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> um, but kind of terribly great, um, I think. I'm very sad to hear that uh, um, Abby is leaving at the end of this season. And, and which which show is this? Uh, NCIS. Have you not watched NCIS? Oh, NCIS. Oh, I have. I have never watched uh, an NCIS. Oh anything. well, they have a cute goth chick, um, and she's been in it forever, and she's leaving, which is very sad. So there you go. That's all you need to know about NCIS. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, cool. It sounds like a lot of good. Like, see, I, I have a lot of people on the show that don't watch TV, and oh. it's like, but that's like our primary geeking out for the week. So it's kind of fun to hear somebody who actually listens, oh. watches a lot of the show. You know, the other thing I did this week that I'd completely forgotten about, we went to see Justice League. Oh, how'd you like it? It was much better than I thought it was going to be. Um, which is slightly damning it with faint praise because I did not have high hopes. Um, uh, you've probably recorded your episode with Ray by now. Um, yeah, it's coming out. Uh, we're recording this the day after Thanksgiving, so it's coming out the Monday after Thanksgiving. Okay, well, I will wait with bated breath to um, to see what you thought of it. But no, I thought, like, it was right. I mean, it wasn't, like, it was perfectly watchable. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, like, it was a bit, it, it was, uh, I didn't want to think about it too closely in case, <laughs> in case the sort of, this was sort of mostly watchable and all right facade came crumbling down because I sort of thought it might do if I, if I examined it too closely. Um, there were ways in which it could definitely have been improved, but it wasn't as terrible. I mean, 
I mean, when I'm thinking about DC films, obviously the first thing that springs to mind is Batman versus Superman, which is literally the worst two hours I've ever spent in my entire life. I think so bad. <laughs> so bad. Like honestly, at this point, like a lot of people are like, I've wasted that time, and I'm like, I I don't feel like I've wasted that time because it has given me hours of venting <laughs> enjoyment of just being able to complain about it. Yeah. And, and cathartic. You can somehow release a lot of negativity though. yeah i mean just really that in, like the the plot in that film was just like we're gonna bond over the fact that our mothers have the same name okay <laughs> that's weird that's weird do you not yeah. think that's weird yeah. and then i'm gonna take this really powerful thing i'm just gonna throw it in this hole full of water so that at some point later somebody has to come and get it why did you not just take it with you like you didn't need to throw the stuff into the big pot of like into the big like fissure in the earth you could have just taken it with you and then you would have had it later on when you needed it no it's fine just it's fine just throw it away um it, yeah the whole, it was just really it was just awful it was just awful but no um justice league was perfectly watchable it was a bit slow in the beginning i felt took a while to sort of uh, it just took a while to sort of set the scene um yeah you needed to ramp up a little yeah uh so i think the first sort of half not half maybe the first quarter um, could have done with just a little bit of tightening up because it was just I was mm-hmm. just getting a bit like oh come on like we've all seen superhero films we all know who Batman is just get a move on come on um, yeah. I'm not a big fan of the Batfleck <laughs> personally yeah he wasn't my favorite thing about it but he wasn't <laughs> like I'm not I'm not anti Batfleck so I'm not anti Batfleck I just He's, he's he's certainly not my favourite Batman, um, I, I, but I do yeah his sort of quiet brooding oldness sort of worked um, <laughs> in this context I think. Uh, I mean it had some it did have some genuinely funny moments, which is good for a DC film because they don't always manage that. So there were no. certainly some moments that were genuinely like actually made us laugh. Uh, so some of the dialogue was quite good, some of the dialogue was terrible, uh, <laughs> and I. Like, please, please, can we arrange the contracts with our actors so that at no point do we have to be CGIing out somebody's facial hair <laughs> because they're under contract to another film company for making a different film? Like, because yeah, there were definitely some weird CGI Superman moments. Yeah, there was some really weird. <laughs> what the fuck is going on with Harry Cavill's face? Oh, yeah, I know what's going. I know exactly what's going on with his face. They've CGI'd out his mustache. Um. Yeah, there was there was some weird shit going down there, um, but it, you, but it was watchable. Yeah, well, and if you take all of the if you, if you don't even there's a lot of stuff you can just completely dismiss because we have and I, I've covered this already on the um, uh, the episode with Ray, so we're not spoiling anything. You have shirtless battle scene with Henry Cavill. Uh, yes, you, you do. Plenty of shirtless shots of Jason Momoa. Yep, and you have Gal Gadot. And you have Which, Gogodot. Yep. Like, just just those three in general, just, you can just stare at them the entire film and be perfectly happy. Yep. Yep. I would I would take that, definitely. Yeah. What have you been up to this week? Um, well, I I finally like <laughs> I bought I bought the the Nintendo Switch a couple weeks after it came out. And the only real game I got for it was uh, Breath of the Wild. Okay. Which everybody raves about and then yells at me when I'm like, I don't like it. Oh. And so my husband's like, we spent all this money on this console that you are not using. And I'm like, yeah, I know, but there's not a lot of games I want to play on it. And the one that I have is not all that great. 
And I and it comes down to I am not a console gamer. Yeah. And so there are way too many buttons for that game. Like I just I have to use them all and my fingers don't know how to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So that so that was kind of rough, but then um the weekend of BlizzCon, my brother and I did a um, we we found a hotel room. That oh kind of yeah, you did your like geeky hotel watching BlizzCon thing. Oh, it was so awesome! And so <laughs> he was like, "All right, let's let's play Breath of the Wild and let's see if we can get you to like this." And about fifteen minutes in, he was like, "No, you're just hating this game. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like don't do this to yourself." He's like, "Let's put Mar- Mario Odyssey in." And so uh, played a little Mario Odyssey, and I'm like, "Okay, this is a little bit more my speed. There's fewer buttons. I just have to bounce around. Nothing's like trying to kill me all that." intensely yeah and um and yesterday uh at thanksgiving uh we're waiting for our guests to show up most of the the prep was all done we're just waiting for for guests to arrive and so i started playing odyssey on the tv had the console plugged in and and matt goes can i play and i'm like oh my god matt's gonna play a video game with me so we put it on two-player mode and we played for oh, maybe a half hour and until i could tell that his eyes were glazed gla- <laughs> And I was like, you know what? I appreciate this. And you are free to go. <laughs> but it was very nice of him and very sweet. And so, yeah, we're, we're now enjoying uh, a little bit of Mario. We, we have our oh. own game that we can play together. <laughs> He's giving oh, me the thumbs up. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. So that was... That was good. I'm I'm also completely hopeless with uh with consoles. Uh, occasionally for Christmas entertainment, my well, in fact, he may not, he may never do this again. My boyfriend's really into Halo, mm-hmm. like massively into Halo. He has all of the different types of Halo, um, the remastered editions, like all of the original, like the whole works. Um, and occasionally, oh hello cat. Um, occasionally. He'll be like, oh, let's play some co-op Halo, um, like on uh, uh, like on Christmas Day or whatever, when we're waiting for for other people to cook us food. Um, and it is just the most hilarious thing ever. He got really annoyed with me after I ran him over with a tank, uh, <laughs> and because I ran him over with a tank, he pushed me off a cliff. Uh, so it just sort of rapidly escalates into how many ways can we kill each other more than how can we kill the enemy. Uh, because sounds like a healthy relationship. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm <laughs> like I am just hopeless with with uh with a controller. We did on one occasion try to play some uh we oh good old like Lego uh Lego Star Wars or Lego Raiders of the Lost Ark or Lego one yeah, of those yeah. one of those ones. Um, and I am just hopeless. Um, I'm even worse with a Wii controller than I am with a um like a game like a pad um <laughs> like i just i need a mouse and a keyboard i can't do it without a mouse uh, and a keyboard seriously my my hands are are kind of permanently set to awd like, like yeah. the way my <laughs> yeah exactly exactly it's just the way it goes i'm absolutely hopeless yeah so so uh played mario odyssey but what i've spent most of my free time playing is is wow because yeah, oh my god i I haven't been this in love with WoW in a very long time. And I'm not playing current content, as, as, as I said. Yeah. Um, I just, like, the announcement of WoW Classic just made me so happy. Mm. <laughs> and then I listened to you, and I was like, oh, that'll be cool. It'll be fun. And I, I just kind of tried to get it out of my mind. And then um, I was listening to your podcast, and you guys were talking <laughs> about all, there was this point where 
I think I think it was the the BlizzCon episode where you had a bunch of people. Oh, um, possibly talking, and so everybody was throwing in. Oh, remember this? Oh, remember oh, this? Yes, oh, remember did. this? Yeah, and I was getting like it was my reaction was, oh, that was horrible. Oh, that's so great. Like I was like, it was a combination <laughs> of that's that was the most awful mechanic ever. That would be so fun to go re- revisit. And I'm like, what is wrong with me? <laughs> <laughs> but it is. I think it's I think it's that that return to I'm I'm not I'm not the return to the olden days like some people out there are where it's like, oh, it's gonna make it's gonna make wow utopia again. <laughs> it's like no, yeah, no, but it's still gonna be fun to go and remember how terrible it was to run through and have to, you know, run through the barrens until oh, yeah. level 40, you know, stuff like that. That's just kind of like, Oh, it makes you just make you smile because you have the happy memories associated with it. So, yeah, it's going to be an interesting nostalgia trip. I'm a wrath baby. So, um, so I only came in at the very sort of tail end of before what we probably think of as modern. Well, mm-hmm. um, happened but i'm curious to see what some of these things were like uh before uh you know before they were changed um i can still remember the old world i did play a lot obviously pre-cataclysm so um it'd be nice to see some of these it'd be nice to see ashen vale again without yes being on fire uh it'll be nice to see oberdeen again and darkshaw um obviously i'm a night elf mostly so uh yeah i'm quite it'll be uh, it'll be an interesting nostalgia trip and it'll be good to spend a little bit of time in but i don't think it's going to be something i'm going to spend like years doing um mm-hmm. but i'm i'm quite looking forward to it i'm curious to see what they'll do about things um like the real once in a lifetime things like the opening of the gates of anchorage wow. um it would be amazing if they managed to do some form of um some form of that um to sort of give people a bit more of the experience about what that what that was like but i don't know whether they will or not uh well, i would i would hope so some people are like well maybe it can be a yearly event and i'm like from everything i've heard um it's gonna take a long time to get your stuff together to open the gates so i don't know the yearly event is a practical thing no i mean it depends i, I guess it depends what they decide to do because it sounds like uh, i've been listening to your new podcast um this this week uh and it sounds like because i'd sort of assumed that they were just going to do a direct kind of like and here it is this is what it looked like go enjoy it fine have at it tell mm-hmm. us how shit it really is um but it sounds like they're actually going to do they're looking at maybe doing a bit more of a kind of hybrid thing um and taking it and sort of remastering bits of it or improving some bits of it or um that it won't necessarily be a sort of out of the box vanilla wow experience yeah i don't know and that's i think the fun thing about it is is well i think it's fun a lot of people out there are declaring war on other people because mm. of it but but that's the welcome yes battle battle lines have been drawn yes yes <laughs> um but I think it's kind of fun to go well you know what if they did it this way or what if they did it i mean that's just kind of the fun of the anticipation mm. yes um so yeah it'll be very interesting to see which direction they go in so what what have you you said you'd roll the new character what have you what have you rolled what are you playing I rolled the druid. druid and um Best class yeah well i my i don't want to play hunter i've played hunter my main's a hunter i love my hunter i don't want to play hunter right now <laughs> i got too many too many buttons um i i got a little bit of hunter fatigue and and i i, I realized that um Part of the reason why I think I'm so excited about Classic WoW is that basically you leveled 
and you did dungeons and you did raids. And I was trying to figure out the other day why I am struggling so much staying in current content. And it's all the extra stuff. It's the garrisons and the, the mission boards and sending people out. It's like, it starts to feel like chores. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think that it's, it's difficult, isn't it? Cause for some people, that's kind of what they enjoy. Uh, and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm really enjoying world quests. Um, I, I really like the world quest system and I'm enjoying the emissary quests that we have in Legion. So you can log on and every day you can do four quests from a faction and you can do up to, you can sort of bank up to three days at a time and then you get a little bonus. That's quite nice because that's like four quests in most of these zones now take 10, 15 minutes. So you've got, you know, half an hour, 45 minutes worth of content um, and you get rep rewards and you get other bits and pieces for doing it. So if you want to just sort of keep in touch and, you know, log in and see what's going on, then it kind of keeps you in the game. Right. Um, Which I quite like, but obviously it's not for everyone. Yeah. Uh, and I think I think that's the problem with WoW at the moment is that it has so many different factions of people with different interests to try and keep happy. So you've got your people who really like questing. You've got your people who really like achievements and rep grinding and kind of quite old school styles of play. You've got your PVPers. You've got your raiders. You've got your dungeon people. You've got your challenge mode people. You've got your we just like to wander around, pick the flowers and see what's going on over that hill over there people. Um, you've got your very casual players. You've got your people who like leveling loads of alts. You've got people who like brawlers guild. Like there's so much. You've got pet battlers. Um, there's so many different types of content that there's a little bit of it's trying to be all things to all people. Yeah, and, and they've over contented themselves. Like yeah. it's a weird thing to say, but they've actually I feel put in too much content. <laughs> but I get I have- it. I mean, there's people who play on a pretty regular basis and they need to they need to keep busy so i i get it it's just i i've realized that that's that's what i'm bouncing off of with yeah with the, old, those old, the newer stuff so i need to just kind of buckle down and say all right what do i want to accomplish in the newer stuff so i'm ready for the expansion and then um and then go from there so, but until then i was like you know what i'm i i i started a, a character on on a new server I was like, I want a fresh start, and I'm mm. totally to, like trolls are my favorite. So I'm like, let's oh, let's just see how many how many trolls I can roll and get to get to a, a high level. And we started with the druid because I'm all about the, the professions, and it's like, yeah, they're an easy gathering profession. So we'll just start there. Yeah, it's a good start. Um, are you gonna have a uh, allied Zandalari when they become available? Very excited about having a Xandalari. <laughs> very, very excited about it. And I know a lot of people are like, oh my god, I don't want any more troll content. I'm like, I have always loved the trolls. I, I Vol'jin has been my favorite character, and with whispers of him being involved, even though he's dead, I'm very... Yeah, yeah. interesting times. Yes, yes. Well, very cool. Well, it sounds like we've both had very busy, fun weeks. You've had busy and busy fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've had I've been busy, definitely not fun, but I have also had some chill out time. Yeah. So that's been so we're going to take a quick commercial break and talk about some other other podcasts out there, and then we're going to come back and we're going to geek out about Star Trek Discovery. 
Hey everyone, I'm Katie. And I'm Chelsea, and we're the hosts of the podcast, Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea. We are two best friends who love pop culture. We try to have a female perspective on things, but we really just talk about anything we like. What are some recent topics we've done, Katie? Uh, Well, we've talked about girl power songs, Wonder Woman, Veronica Mars, young adult fiction novels, San Diego Comic Con, and so much more. So grab your cup of tea or whatever your drink of choice is and download our podcast on iTunes or Stitcher and start listening today. Comics. Hey everyone, this is Rob, your friendly neighborhood comic geek. And this is Liam, the, the languishing, lascivious Liam of Langley. Wow, that was extremely illiterate of you. Well, I try. We are the hosts of The Comic Box, part of the geek to geek podcast network. So, join us. Bop, bop. Oh, yeah. And Hello. we're back. And we're going to talk about Star Trek Discovery. Yes. You're all caught yes. up. Yes, uh, so I watched episode nine, which is the last one before the mid-season break. Uh, is this a new thing? Do you Are you doing, like, TV shows in like half seasons now yeah yeah that's what they're Ooh. doing out here <laughs> and so they always have the mid-season finale and then the the full season finale. see i just binge everything <laughs> so <laughs> i wait till somebody records it for me and then i binge it all um so it never makes any sense to me i don't watch broadcast tv uh very often at all uh and we'll just gloss over how i get the the... star trek like for the moment (laughs) (laughs) well i i i keep saying that we need to do our shows the way you guys do your shows because it's like if you need six seasons then or if you need six episodes in a season that's how many episodes if you need 10 then like it doesn't feel like you don't put in filler episodes where in order to reach our quota of episodes we get these filler episodes that end up knocking people off of the viewing. Yeah. Um, although I've been quite heartened to see kind of the new Netflix stuff, which has been, it's been sort of shorter seasons. Uh, I mean, I don't, you know, I love that NCIS has 25 episodes in every single season and basically goes on forever. Um, that's amazing. But actually the Netflix stuff where they've really like you Luke Cage and your Jessica Jones, where they've taken it down to sort of 10, 12, 13 and kept it fairly tight the notable exception of Iron Fist, which I know you feel about the same way as I do. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> that's been, I think, quite good. It's like we're just telling a story and we have a story arc and we're using a smaller number of episodes. I mean, 13 episodes is still twice the length of an average UK British season of anything. But um, yeah, I don't watch a lot of British TV these days. So, so it might be that British TV has now gone much longer in its episodes. But um I, I can't think of anything I watch that's British these days. <laughs> that's terrible. Well, then, then I won't, because I was just going to break. I'm like, I know we're supposed to be talking about Star Trek Discovery, but I was like, shit, ask Raven, do you watch Shepard? No. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, do I need to add something to it? Do I need to go and watch some actual British TV? Yes. yes. It is amazing. It's about an um, investigator on the Shetland Islands where apparently everybody kills everybody. Um <laughs> And so he's they're like season long murders that he investigates. The characters are amazing. It's not bloody. It's not gory. Oh no, it wouldn't be. It's on BBC compelling. One. You don't get bloody and gory on BBC One. Good grief, no. <laughs> oh. 
so yes, no, I mean, we, we came back from, from our, our trip over the summer and we had heard while we were in the Shetland islands about oh. Shetland and we're like, we must see this. And we, all four of us, my, my husband and my in-laws and I all just, we like <laughs> all three seasons. We were done. Oh, excellent. Um, oh, it's on iPlayer. Oh, oh yeah. So there we go. Six episodes a season. That's what we like. Yes, so manageable. <laughs> exactly. So manageable. Um, that's what we like, and it's on iPlayer. Well, that's all right. I've got iPlayer. Um, oh, I might go and uh, I might go and look that up. Awesome. All right. So, so <laughs> back, back to, to our, our actual topic, topic. from um, uh, from Bird of Mysteries in the Shetland Isles to uh, to definitely not the Shetland Isles. Definitely not the Shetland Isles. Um, first of all, we should probably start. Where Where is your Star Trek? Oh man, that was the question like, I was exactly having... about to ask you. What is your What is your Star Trek? <laughs> um, definitely TNG. Um, I mm-hmm. uh, my my mother um is really into sci-fi has always been really into sci-fi so that's probably why i'm into sci-fi um she did a computing science degree in like 1973 when women didn't really do that kind of thing um and worked for the ministry of defense worked for british aerospace writing the or testing the code that flew harrier jump jets back in the day um so um so she's really interested in in uh in science fiction and aviation and that kind of thing and um she was she was obviously really into the original series when uh, when she was growing up, when she was a kid. Um, but when I was, I mean, I guess TNG started in, what, 86? So I would have been about mm-hmm. six. Um, and I don't remember it then, obviously, but I do remember as a sort of nine, 10, 11 year old uh, watching uh, Next Gen on BBC Two at 6 p.m., most nights <laughs> um, uh, in fact it was kind of on repeat when they ran out of it eventually they just started again at the beginning so at six o'clock on yeah. bbc2 pretty much every single day uh you could always watch some star trek so uh that was just the thing that we did we always watched some star trek uh and that was very much that was so that when i think of star trek that's very much what i think of i can never think of patrick stewart doing anything else other than being john luke picard um Uh, even though I've seen him do Shakespeare (laughs) and and many other things. Um, So that's very much my kind of the, the, when I, when I, if you say Star Trek to me, that's, that's my first sort of instinctive thing that comes to mind is definitely TNG. Um, That said, my probably objectively favorite Star Trek is probably DS9. Um, DS9 Mm -hmm. would have started, whoa, what year did DS9 come out? 93 something like that when did sounds about right because i was in junior high or or i just i just got into the high school yes second of january 1993 um so yeah i was 13 and we had that uh like i watched it well my best friend at school um they used to buy the uh vhs cassettes of it as it came out so every four episodes you know another they were sort of drip fed into the into the um into the purchasing uh and we bought them on video and watched them as they came out uh, <laughs> and i like i love ds9 i really love ds9 i i love the story arc um I also, I mean, my other favourite pieces of start uh, of um, sort of big TV science fiction are probably Babylon Five and Battlestar Galactica. So there's something about okay. wait, the cat's called Caprica. So <laughs> um, there's 
um, so you could probably guess that I liked Battlestar Galactica. It's quite funny when you when people say, "Oh, what's your cat called?" Uh, and you're like, "Oh, her name's Caprica." And either people look at you in complete incomprehension and like that's a really weird name, or they go, "Oh, yeah, that's really cool." <laughs> yeah, no. As soon as you said it, I was like, "Oh, oh yeah, Battlestar yeah, Galactica." Exactly. Um, <laughs> uh, it means the vet always calls her Capricia. <laughs> <laughs> poor cat um, she thinks her name is kitten or something anyway princess she has no idea that her name's actually cat uh, but yeah so there's something about sort of the space station spaceship based that sort of long story arc that I quite like um, and I, I you know the, the, the nice thing about TNG is they didn't really go anywhere I mean they went all over the place but it wasn't like a big long story arc that had a like a, a very complicated build up and then you know, it just wasn't that kind of plot, overall plot driven thing. Um, I like the fact that they could just rock up anywhere and one week they'd be stuck in some time loop. Um, and the next week, uh, Riker would be seducing women on some planet or <laughs> it's just like, you know, it could go anywhere. <laughs> Anything was possible. Um, uh, and that was kind of its charm. So yeah, um, did watch a lot of Voyager. Have, I mean, have watched all of Voyager. There were things I liked about Voyager, but I didn't think it worked hugely as a sort of... Uh, it wasn't it wasn't a touch on, D, on DS9, I don't think. Um, no, well, and I think at that point, they were, they were saturating yeah. the market. I, I yeah, I mean, it was nice to see a female captain. Um, it, it was nice to see a little bit of diversity, um, different sorts of diversity... But yeah, it just wasn't. It just it wasn't as compelling as DS as DS9 by a long way. Um, and we don't talk about Enterprise. <laughs> 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 um, uh, we don't talk about Enterprise at all. If we can possibly avoid it, I hated Enterprise. I just they just they got it wrong. I don't even know. I didn't. I only watched um, probably uh, like five episodes or something. But um, nobody else seemed to like it either. So I don't think I was alone in my opinion. Because they didn't make a lot of it. No, no. I know a couple people that support it and and appreciate it for what it is. And I didn't. I didn't bounce off it as hard as a lot of people did. But yeah, no. It was. It was not the. They. they it was an experiment that did not necessarily go yeah. the way they wanted. It. Yeah, I don't like. I. I can't quite put my finger on what they got wrong. Probably I haven't watched enough of it. But it just didn't. It just didn't feel right somehow. What about you? What's your What's your Star Trek background? Um, I first, well, I, I remember my grandfather watching it when we were growing up and I didn't pay it a lot of attention cause I was really young and, uh, he was watching the, mm. the original series. The first time I really remember falling in love with it was going out to see in the theaters with my parents. And it was like, I think I'll often, I often think about parents taking their kids to see shows that the mm. kids want to see. This was definitely, I went with my parents with friends of theirs to see Star Trek. Oh, wow. Okay. With, I think that's the Star one. Star Trek 4 is indeed the one with the whales. It's my least, least favorite yes. of the original six Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Trek films. <laughs> well, for, for, for me in my, in my very young age, I thought it was the yeah. greatest thing ever. And I didn't know the characters that well, but I was familiar enough with them that I understood what the relationships yeah. were. And, and I just fell in love. So I went back and made my, my, my grandfather was a, a TV repairman like when they used to go to the houses and repair the TVs. Oh, and yeah, wow. <laughs> yeah. And, and so like 
like one of the original people that were, and he loved electronic stuff. So he would take things apart and put it back together. So we had cable TV before it was like really a thing. And it was like one channel and he would just video record everything. Like I think his, his VCR was like permanently set on record <laughs> and it would just, so, so if you needed a movie, like you didn't go to Blockbuster, you just went to grandpa and said, Hey grandpa, do you have this? And he'd go into his little book where it catalogs all the stuff he'd recorded. That's so cool. Now you would tape it was on. Yeah, it was very awesome. And so he had he had all the movies up till then and um and so I I became a, a huge fan of the original series before Next right, Generation okay. came out. And then the Next Generation came out and they had a cling on the on the on the the bridge and I was like, "Well, this is <laughs> And yeah. my dad was like, "We're going to watch this cuz it's Star Trek and it looks like it's going to be really good." And I'm like, "No, there's a cling on the <laughs> unacceptable and about halfway through the episode i'm like this is the most amazing thing i have ever seen this is so much better than the original series i am in love and i think i've told this story before i I was i was such a trekkie in the back back in the day that i was a trekker um was a distinction that you had to make and i would wear the little next generation communicator pin to school (laughs) and i had a teacher just look at me and go you are just asking to be And like that was like before WoW, I will now claim WoW as my fandom, but before before WoW, I was definitely a Star Trek fan. And that was my big thing. I I, I watched it through I think there was a, a year or two there where we had the next generation Deep Space Nine and Voyager were all three of them running concurrently at one point. Um I think the TNG would have finished um Probably before either of the other two happened, but they showed it a lot on repeat. In, in, in the, I mean, it was yes. Just, I mean, you could you could watch Star Trek yeah. every night of the week if you wanted. If I mean, I actually, on Virgin, there's a Virgin TV channel in this country. Um, I don't have cable at the moment, but, but Virgin's the big cable company. Um, and on what used to be like Virgin One, there were there was like a whole section of the evening where basically um, up until quite recently, so I had I had cable up until about. Uh, hmm, 2015, and uh, yeah, there were whole sections of the evening where you could like turn on the TV at seven o'clock, and you got like wall-to-wall Star Trek of all different flavors, followed by like Law and Order, followed by Law and Order SVU. It was like I just didn't watch TV all night. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but I I remember getting to a point with um with Star Trek that um I it was too much and I wasn't keeping up and I was starting to get into college. And so I don't know that I've finished deep space nine <gasps> or Voyager. Oh. And I really like, it's, it's a little bit of a, of a geek fail on my part. I, I really do need to go back and. Yeah. There is some, um, cause DS nine did have like the penultimate season was a little bit kind of flaky. Cause they got kind of, Eventually, they got kind of thrown off Deep Space Nine and had to uh, spend all their time on the Defiant because the Cardassians like took over the space station. And so there was a whole right. section where they were mostly on the Defiant. Um, and it was a bit like, no, the thing I liked about this TV series <laughs> was you being on the space station. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then the last season was really good, um, where they sort of tr- tied it all together and finished it all off and, uh, uh, and won the day. Um, it was really that was really good. So, um, I mean, Babylon Five did a similar. Well, in fact, Babylon Five was massively wrong-footed, so did a, a similar thing for completely different reasons. But um, 
uh, yeah, they they have their sort of peaks and troughs, and there were certainly sections towards the end of DS9 that weren't quite so good. But actually, the last the last season was pretty good, in my opinion, and is worth watching. Yeah. I wouldn't necessarily say say, yeah. say the same about Voyager, but uh, but DS, DS9, I will certainly. Well, Voyager uh, has its it has its own kind of like it did its own yeah. thing, and it was a cool again a cool concept that didn't necessarily get itself where it needed to be. So I guess the way it worked is there was uh, Deep Space Nine started in 1993. Yeah. Next Generation ended in 94. Yeah, and okay. Voyager started in 95. Okay, yeah, yeah. But I did remember there was a time there where it was like all Star Trek all the time. Yeah, yeah. I did feel like that for a while. Which it was a good thing as far as I was concerned. But, you know, I was in... Yeah. I was uh, I was still at school, so <laughs> I'm not doing anything terribly important with my life uh, that couldn't be interrupted by uh, by Star Trek. All the X Files was the other big thing I was into, uh, the, like ninety four, ninety five. The X Files was the other big fandom that I was uh, very keen on. Yeah, I went to I graduated from high school in ninety six, so that's I think what happened. I think ninety seven hit, and I was in college, and priorities changed. <laughs> um. So yeah, so now we've got deep uh, Star Trek Discovery, mm. and what are your what are your initial impressions so far? I'm really enjoying it. Um, I think I think it's doing quite a job, a good job of doing its own thing, um, and carving itself a bit of a niche. But I feel like it is still quintessentially Trek um, in a way mm-hmm. that I think Enterprise missed the mark. Um, I it took a couple of episodes to kind of get going. The first two episodes were good, but for sort of different reasons. And it was a bit like, oh, so this isn't going to be that story at all. Like you kind of when you in the sort of first two episodes, you think it's going to be, oh, and here is our fearless captain, and uh, this is what they're going to do. And it's like, okay, then no, the character we're mostly following around is not the fearless captain. Actually, is technically a traitor, and you know, started a war, and um. <laughs> it's going back into the, you know, we'll be back under court martial as soon as this uh, little war is settled, or maybe uh, <laughs> if the end of uh, this re- most recent episode um, is anything to go by, maybe it's not going to be that simple. But um, no. uh, <laughs> I'm, I am, I, I am really enjoying it. It just, yeah, it took a little bit of a while to find its find its stride. Um, uh, but I kind of, I, I, I do feel like it is a more modern version of quintessentially star trek rather than um just some other sci-fi that's set in a similar sort of world like it does feel fairly authentic um i i i don't i don't really understand myself why now we have to keep going backwards so we're currently 10 years 30 years before the original season um the original series um yeah yeah and i don't really understand why that is like there's plenty of universe left <laughs> like because I, I feel like that does some slightly weird things to the storytelling but I'm not like for all that I really really like Trek and I've watched a lot of Trek um I am not the Trek uber geek uh and I I can see why people who maybe were Trek uber geeks maybe don't like this so much yeah I, but I think it's the same group that are um uh upset at the the Christopher Pine movies. Yeah. You know, they don't want to see things changed or messed up and and I think that's kind of why they said it in this 
time between Enterprise and the new movies is because, you know, what it, it brought up the question, well, what timeline do we yeah, put it exactly. in? Yeah, exactly. Which timeline is it in? Because this is pre-split. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it gives them a bit more flexibility, I guess, from that point of view. Um, but it's curious because obviously we've we've been introduced now to uh, aliens that we've never seen before. Well, where did they go? <laughs> why, why, where did they go? Why, are they, why have we never seen them in anything that comes after this? So, they, I mean, that's always going to be a problem with this kind of, um, this kind of sort of hopping around of of sci-fi. Uh, it's like, okay, well, if you've introduced it over here, where do they do they all just vanish, or are we now? Is this is Discovery heading for the for the new universe, which is different from the prime universe, and maybe, um, maybe that's. Maybe that's why. Maybe that all of those aliens have gone to live in a different universe. Uh, it's like, yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, there's plenty of ways you can. I mean, sci-fi, you can rationalise it however you like. But yeah, um, I think, I think generally speaking, they're doing a really good job. Um, I enjoyed the swearing. Uh, yeah, I noticed that. I was, I like, and it, I don't know if they just waited until later episodes or if it was just my, I caught it more. But all of a sudden, I just like they just swore twice in this episode. <laughs> Like, yeah. That's kind of like, did that happen? I think that just happened. I also really enjoyed the matter of fact. We're not drawing any attention to the fact that there's a gay couple. Like it's just a thing. These people are just in a relationship. Uh, and I quite sort of, I quite liked that. It was just like, it didn't, nobody had to sort of make a big fuss out of it. There was no kind of like attention drawn to it, particularly. It was like, these are just two partners having a conversation whilst they're brushing their teeth. And it just so happens you realize they're gay. That's cool. Um, I really, like, I liked that. The sort of normalization of different forms of sexuality within the Star Trek universe, which we've, you know, has been touched on. But obviously it's always been a bit squeaky clean. And, uh, well, apart from the places where it's really, you know, in like really struck out to so your first interracial kiss and all that kind of thing. Um, right, generally right. speaking, Star Trek has stayed away from too much in the kind of controversial sex stuff. Uh, but it was just kind of, it's just, these, these are two people. They're in a relationship. That's cool. Um, they had a nice snog last night. That was quite, that was quite nice. I mean, it was just yeah, sort well, of and, in a heartwarming way. I mean, <laughs> yeah, right. Well, and then the, the cool thing is the, the fact that it's Anthony Rapp and, uh, Wilson Cruz, who did Rent together. Oh yes, <laughs> which made me like I just like like I was like oh that's Anthony Rapp I know who that is that's you know that's the original Mark and then we're we're watching an episode last night uh, or the night before and Matt looks at me and goes is that Wilson Cruz and I'm like oh my god if that is that's amazing <laughs> it made me feel like that the theater geek in me was like oh my god it's the guys from Rent um so yeah I just I for for us I think that that was a really cool. A really cool addition. Yeah, I, I love I love the cast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm um, I'm enjoying I'm enjoying all of them. I think it's pretty well put together, actually. Uh, well acted, um, and maybe slightly more edgy than your traditional. Uh, well, I don't know. You see, the thing is, Star Trek captains have always been breaking the rules. For, for, yeah, that's what they <laughs> do. For all that, uh, the Federation is a very rule driven uh, rule driven endeavor. Um, but there's, it's quite, uh, I quite like the kind of, um, like, there's a slight undercurrent of do we really know what the captain is up to with his, you know, um, secret collection of weapons and things. And there's there's a sort of nice, there's a whole sort of, there's a nice sort of intrigue kind of slightly bubbling along the bottom. Maybe, maybe it'll go somewhere, maybe it won't. 
you know, um, it doesn't feel too squeaky clean or too clean cut. No, not at all. Now, do you, do you, am I, I don't know if this is something that I'm making up in my head or if I'm just not remembering. I feel like this is the first Star Trek we've really had where they're focusing on individual characters almost exclusively. Like, it's not that we don't get side stories or, or overlap, but, you know, there would always, like, there would always feel like there was equal time spent between Picard and Crusher and Data and like, you know, not every person would be focused on in every episode, but you'd have like two or three plots going on. Yeah. And and it was more of an ensemble where I feel like really there's the the Burnham story, yep. there's the Lorca story, yep. and then there's the Klingons. Yeah. Yeah, I do think it's more um directly character driven, um, in that in that sort of narrative sense. Um uh it does it it feels like the beginning of a story arc in a way that TNG in particular, uh, as I said before, never really did. Like, um, right. you know, TNG was very kind of episodic. That would be the word. Um, whereas this does feel much more like you're at the beginning of some kind of fairly strong narrative story arc, which is going to somewhere. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And we'll find out where as we go along. So I think that's... Uh, and they've spent quite a lot of time developing the initial characterization i suppose i think they've spent yeah. they've spent quite a lot of time getting to know some of these characters um and developing their backstories and understanding a bit where they've come from um this week's episode um the episode nine was particularly interesting from that point of view or with all the um oh what's his name tyler and the um and uh Lorel, um stuff taking him back to the klingon ship um and then spoilers unexpectedly blowing it up <laughs> yeah i was like oh i thought that was going to be like a thing for ages but it's gone now okay <laughs> i'm i i want to know where they're where, where they are like yeah. I'm, I'm very excited to see what what is going on with all of that because that's kind of like i i feel like they just kind of opened the door with that like yeah now we don't know what to expect yeah um i got a big sense of like when he was doing that big thing about like, oh, so I will do one more jump and I will only do one more jump. I was like, it's going to go wrong. It's going to go wrong. Yeah. It's going to go wrong. <laughs> that was telegraphed. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Some shit's about to go down. Uh, and especially because he like, you know, kisses his partner and it's like, oh man, this is like, oh yeah. Excellent. Uh, and now we have to wait till January. Damn it. <laughs> um, to find out exactly how, um, but it's, I think they've done some they've done some quite interesting things in that they keep sort of giving you stuff that looks fairly obvious and then just like turning left. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, I thought we were going to so, you know, you watch the first episode and it looks like you're going to be this is the story of, uh, of Burnham becoming her own captain and getting her own starship. And it's going to be amazing. And then like, nope, that's not what's happening. OK, so, so then you come back over here and it's like, OK, so we're at war with the Klingons. Um, so speaking of which Klingons. How do you feel about the Klingons? You know, I know a lot of people are very um, either weirded out or or disturbed by the fact that they changed them th- so drastically, but I don't mind the design, and I've I've gotten more used to it as time's gone on. I think it was a little bit of a, a the the character design was a little bit of a shock at first, but now it's kind of like yeah, it's Klingon. How about you? Yeah, I, it was certainly pretty shocking at first. Um, I, I I'm not like 
I'm not enormously against it, but it is a little bit, um, it's taken a little bit of getting used to. Um, mm-hmm. uh, although they're just, they're kind of going through leaders at a rate of knots, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I guess at this rate, they've got plenty of time to evolve um, because they're just going through generations fairly quickly. Uh, <laughs> but um, Yeah, it was, it was, I'm not, I don't know. I don't hate them. I know a lot of people really have been like quite upset about the redesign to the Klingons. Um, I mean, I guess I'm quite attached to next gen kind of era Klingons. Right. 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 Um, so it was a bit weird, but, but I guess we are a fair bit of a time in the past and it was a reasonable thing for them to do. Uh, but I'm, but I'm sort of wondering what happens now. Cause I'm feeling like, like I thought that Klingon war, like I thought that was the, arc for the season mm-hmm. and we're now getting the impression that maybe that was the arc for the first half of the season but actually the uh, <laughs> <laughs> the second half of the season is now much more up in the air i also find it very interesting that they're um not afraid to use existing characters because i would have thought that they would have kind of really steered away from any canon characters especially the first season i mean usually you get the guest appearances later on in the yeah in the run but they, i mean they have the whole Sarek thing yeah which is crazy I, I love i mean everybody i think loves harry mud um, <laughs> but they made him a lot darker in this yeah um yeah i mean it, it, they seem to have done a reasonably good job in the the peop- the sort of reviews and things i've been reading they seem to feel like it's been done well rather than mm-hmm. like um uh there's you know there's nothing worse than having having things ruined or, or not treated with the appropriate amount of respect uh, or something but no they seem to have they seem to have blended it in quite well um and it seems uh, i was reading the den of geek reviews and they've got a kind of easter egg tracker in each of their reviews uh, and it seems like they're doing quite a good job of slotting it into the existing universe Mm-hmm. So making references to star bases and things that are familiar from the original se- series, and uh, you know, getting the numbering right, so not talking about star bases that haven't been built yet, or you know, um, places that haven't been discovered yet, or anything like that. So they seem to, they seem to have done their homework about placing it within the existing Trek universe reasonably well. Can you imagine if they didn't? Um, like, can you imagine yeah. the, the <laughs> destruction that would have been? caused on the internet yeah if they didn't bother to do their homework and how horrible that that they have to well i mean not horrible it's part of the part of the gig but like uh, this especially is one of those fandoms that is going to be so scrutinized yeah that they can't get anything wrong because there will be that guy that'll come and go well actually (laughs) yeah yeah so i mean it's yeah it's definitely a necessity but i'm glad that they have done it and they've done it well um, because yeah. it would be very easy to fuck it up. So, <laughs> I, I mean, I assume they've got some kind of like Trek historian at the bottom somewhere, <laughs> like checking all of their checking all of their references, checking all of their homework, uh, and making sure they've got it all right. Um, so, uh, yeah, no, it's it's. I'm fascinated to see where it goes now. Uh, absolutely fascinated. Uh, now that it's just kind of like I literally have no idea what's coming next. Yeah, yeah, and I, I have. It's been a, a while, I think, since I've I've felt that way mm. about the series. It's kind of like, all right, where where are we going with this? I really don't know. Yeah, I mean, occasionally things will not go the way you were expecting them to. Um, but to literally 
like I have no idea what's happening. Like no idea whether um, <laughs> you've no idea whether the uh, the doctor character is okay. We've no idea like whether they can get away from where they've just jumped to. We've no idea where they are. <laughs> we've no idea what might happen. Um, Do you think they're in a different time? Uh, it's certainly possible. Um, or yeah, or some kind of a different time or some kind of pocket universe or yeah. um uh i mean maybe maybe that's why <laughs> we don't hear much from them later on maybe they're just you know they're in a completely different different place altogether uh but then no well, they'll which probably would definitely be good because it would take them out of having to deal with timeline issues it would <laughs> yes. just, say, just kidding um it would yes it would give them a lot of freedom but then it would also like what what would we do with the loose threads we left in the other universe? <laughs> like, uh, so yeah, it'll be, it'll be really interesting to see to see where they go with it. I'm I'm really fascinated. Um, uh, I'm a bit. Obviously, they've done a slightly weird thing. Like, nobody in the future has this spore drive technology. Right. So you know that so, there's. Well, the way I kind of figured is is something is going to go terribly wrong with it because it's not in standard use. Yeah. So either it's gone badly wrong or they've just fucked off with it somewhere. Uh, and I'm erring on the side at the moment of gone badly wrong. I'm not sure I understood why they didn't go and find themselves another tardigrade. Right. Well, I think it was the whole. The uh, I think it was the idea that you know the it was an animal that didn't know what was going on. Yeah. Where they, if they had somebody who knew what they were getting into, it was a little bit more controllable. Well, yeah, but surely you'd go and, I mean, like worst scientific experiment in the world. I know, I'll just fuse my DNA to it; it'll be fine. <laughs> uh, okay, maybe we should go and just have a look at another one and see if we can work out, like you know, whether that was really a good idea or what might possibly have gone wrong. I mean, I guess they were in the middle of a war with the Klingons, but it was a bit like you don't need to necessarily go and get a tardigrade and put it in your machine and use it to power your spaceship, but the kind of lack of Maybe we should just go and find out more about these animals, about what it is that they're doing. <laughs> like, okay, we don't have time for that. We're, we're fighting a war, maybe. I don't know. Well, plus, plus intergalactic PETA. Yeah, um, yeah. It's going to be its own, <laughs> its own problem. Yeah, this is true. This is true. Um, but no, overall, um, I'm, really, I'm really enjoying it. Um, I think it's quite good. Uh, and it seems, it seems to be holding up well. Um, I really enjoyed the time loop episode. And this is such a um, sort of standard Trek thing that uh, um, when I sort of realized what was happening, I was like, oh, they've made an episode like this. Damn it. Like, that's such a kind of trope um, for the universe. But actually, I felt like they did it really well. <laughs> I felt like it was really good. Well, especially because they didn't do it from the point of view of the person who's repeating. Mm. Like, they did it from the point of view of the people who weren't repeating, which I don't think I've really seen that often. No, that was a very interesting interesting perspective on it. Um, uh, I, uh, I, yeah, I just I just thought it was a really good... It was really engaging how they did it. Um, and obviously there was good uh, characterization from... Um, Harry Mudd and all the, the other characters. It was just, uh, it worked really well. I thought it was, it was a really interesting way of doing it. I mean, I hope they don't do too many of those episodes. <laughs> but it was... Right, right, right. Well, I'm, I'm still, I'm, I'm, anytime they start a new Trek property, I'm always waiting for the drunk virus episode. Oh, yeah. That they are so fond of doing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's been pretty tight as well. For nine episodes, there's not been too much in the way of, uh, sort of fillery kind of um, like everything's been pl pushing the plot 
forward. Right, right. Um, and uh, and I like the fact that the the characters aren't. I mean, some like sometimes they go into kind of just one dimensional territory, but I feel like like you can't say that Captain Lorca is just a bad guy. Nope. Or just a good, like he's like you can you can justify his he justifies his actions and you can kind of follow him on that justification. Yeah, and you always wonder whether he's really telling the truth or not when he's justifying mm-hmm. his actions. So it seems like he's quite a nuanced character. Um, I particularly enjoyed him putting his space eye drops in before watching the uh, <laughs> watching the Klingon ship blow up. That was good. Uh, uh, but it's kind of nice to feel like I don't actually quite know what his motivations are. Like I'm feeling mm. like maybe he's not being as straightforward as it seems like he is. Because um, I, I feel like starship captains in the trek universe although that they frequently break the rules bend the rules whatever they're all sort of um <laughs> they're all a bit like arthurian knights <laughs> like, yes, they're yes. extremely noble and uh and always like it's always like for the best of all possible reasons and uh, uh very squeaky clean so i'm quite enjoying the maybe slightly not squeaky clean not quite sure what his motivations are uh, aspects of that well, and they even break that that um, that kind of dynamic down with because um, it's always it's always like the admiral don't do that, captain, and then the captain goes, oh well, we'll have to do that, but it'll be okay. And after it's like you saved everybody, that's wonderful. And it's it's kind of that the admirals are kind of the bubbling bosses of yeah. <laughs> Starfleet, and yeah. I love the fact that we actually have an admiral that is kind of on the ground. Floor, you know she's she's on the ground she's she's involved she was literally in on the ground quite a lot in the last episode. Yes, yes, <laughs> um and i i love i love admiral corn is cornwell right yeah cornell yeah, yeah i think like i and i figured oh she's gonna be I, I think that's where a lot of my surprises are coming from is i'm expecting classic star trek tropes that aren't necessarily um coming through i yeah. thought she was going to be either the bumbling or the overbearing admiral yeah. that just ends up being a roadblock to the plot and and she's not and i love that yeah yeah um they've they've done a really good job of presenting everybody as yeah as, as fairly three-dimensional people i think um yeah. I, and you can have a pretty good stab at where where people are coming from and what their motivations are. Um, uh, but yeah, I'm just fascinated to see where they've ended up, what they're doing, uh, where they're going to go and how they're going to get back, if they're going to get back or if that's the yeah, end of their amazing spore drive technology. <laughs> so many, so many directions they're going to be able to go with this. Mm. And I can't wait to, well, we're going to have to wait until January. Until January. Yeah. <laughs> it's a long time, dude. It did remind well, me of anything else that you feel like you haven't gotten to say. No, it did remind me a bit of The Expanse. Have you watched The Expanse? I have watched. I don't know that I've watched all of The Expanse, but I have watched at least the first season. Um, you see, I quite enjoyed The Expanse, but it was a bit like when that spore drive came doing its thing, I was like, oh, we're in The Expanse world. <laughs> the, like, the horrible Expanse thing. So that's clearly that's clearly what's going on in sci-fi at the moment, is weird space fungus. Um. Have you watched the Orwell? I've not watched any of the Orwell. Sorry, and I'm just. I have not watched the Orwell. Although Kelly Hightower, when she was out here visiting, explained to me that I am a bad geek for not watching Orwell. 
but uh, it is I am missing out. I have also not watched the Orwell, uh, and people keep telling me that too. So maybe we should just commit to watch the Orwell. Although I'm not sure when, but uh, <laughs> maybe that's what like, we should do we between now and January. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> we should uh, fit that in between now and January whilst we're waiting for the Star Trek to come back. Well, that's what we'll we'll have to do. We'll have to kind of just make a pledge to each other that we will we will watch the Orwell and we'll text each other different. Uh, you know, what do you think? What episode are you on? Are we sticking with this? Yeah, um, yeah. People have been trying to convince me that it's uh, it's it's worth watching. Um, so yeah, maybe I'll have to give it a go. Very cool. Very very cool. All right. Well, do you have any shout outs for anybody this week? Uh, well, shout out to you for inviting me back. Really good to really good to be on the show again. Um, shout out to EJ and uh, any of uh, your listeners who are also my listeners on uh, Girls Gone Well. Uh, join us. Join us and listen to the run the run up to show three hundred because uh, fucking hell, three hundred. <laughs> <laughs> well, my shout outs to you and and an early correct congratulations to episode three hundred. Um, I, I can't wait to listen to it. Um, and I, I want to send a, I, I realize this is going to come out a couple weeks after Thanksgiving, but I do have to send a shout out to my in laws who did like all the cooking. Oh, bless them! For Ten people. Yes, oh, I mean God. they they really just kind of changed the chained themselves to the kitchen and made just uh, an amazing an amazing thanksgiving dinner so so wow. shout out to them well done um next week we are topic topicless i have nothing i have i have the rest of the year figured out except for next week i read that so as uh, you... I, I read that as topless i was like okay uh, but no, <laughs> i see that's not what it's like. topless <laughs> um, it's winter dude yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well it, it is currently 90 degrees out here, which I always forget that I have to translate oh, for. Yeah, what is that in real money? 90 degrees F in C. Uh, 32? Yes. Fuck me. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, that's Palm Springs. I'm telling you, once when you and EJ come out for... Um, for BlizzCon, you're gonna have to make a stop out here yeah. for a couple of days and just enjoy the dryness of the desert. I was, uh, do you know, I was talking to some people from Palm Springs at the Discworld convention. Um, so in in uh, beginning of October, we had our um, Irish Discworld convention. So um, we popped over to Cork. Uh, where it was raining because it was Ireland uh, and I, I sat down and had uh, breakfast with this American couple who just come over and they were from Palm Springs and uh, so they I mean it was October in Ireland so it was about it was probably about 20 degrees and raining mm-hmm. and they were like yeah we're quite cold <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, well the good news is you don't have to leave the hotel all weekend because this is a convention so no going outside is required uh, but yeah, I uh, hope you bought a good coat. And they were yeah off to England for a bit and then off around other bits of Europe. And it was like, well, you'll probably need some more layers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were we were very excited to when we because we went to we visited you guys in August, so it was at the height of of the heat out here. And it was like, oh, this is wonderful. Well, it's a little rainy. No, we love it. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it wasn't too hot here in August. Um, it was no. it was okay. Uh, it wasn't too warm. All right. Yeah. Um, all the music in this episode is by Ben Sound. It is being used under a Creative Commons license. You can find more music by Ben Sound at bensound.com. 
Geek2Tude is a proud member of the Geek2Geek Network. Check out other Geek2Geek shows such as the Geek2Geek Podcast, Geek Fitness Health Hacks, The Comic Box, and Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea. And make sure to join our Reddit community at r forward slash Geek2GeekCast. You can currently find us at geektitude.com as well as on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, and most other podcatchers out there. Please leave us a review and spread the word. If you'd like to contact me, you can send me an email at joehogan at geektitude.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter at geektitude or me personally at Epic Grays. Raven, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Silky Raven. Uh, you can find Girls Gone Wow at girlsgonewow.net or at GGW Show on Twitter. Awesome. Thank you so much for, for, I know you've, you've had a busy week and a long day <laughs> and, and you are recording this before bedtime. So I very much appreciate that. Oh, I, you're more than welcome. It's lovely to be on the show again. I can't believe we've left it so long. Well, we, and we can, we have to make sure that we don't do that again. Mm. We'll, we'll have to do a, a, another episode at the end of the season, or maybe we just do an Orwell show. We'll just figure it out. Oh yeah. Yeah, 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 definitely. And meanwhile, you're going to come on my show in December yes, yes. and talk about classic Wow. Very, very excited. (laughs) It's going to be cool. (laughs) All right. And for all of you listening out there, remember this week, keep it geek. The Red Legion took away our home. Dominus Gaul has stolen our light. But from the ashes, a fire team of guardians rise to... Guardian down. Wait, wait, wait. Who was that? Uh, Titan, no jump good. This is Happy Hour from the Tower. I'm T. I'm Nick. I'm Brandon. And we're going to talk about all things Destiny. Why we play. Why we love punching aliens in the face. And why T's aim needs a little bit of work. Have you got that? Say you've got it. See something! A podcast for players of all levels. Find Happy Hour from the Tower on iTunes, Stitcher, or at happyhourfromthetower.com. Eyes up, Guardian. Time to give up the ghost. It's Happy Hour from the Tower. First round's on us. Greetings from TG Geeks webcast, where Ben and Keith, the two gay geeks, talk about all aspects of geekdom and nerdery. Sci-fi, comics, film, horror, genre, you name it, we talk about it. Find our episodes each week on TGGeeks.com. Visit our Facebook page, TG Geeks Webcast. On Google Plus and YouTube, look for us as Two Gay Geeks. You can tweet at TG Geeks and at the Two Gay Geeks. Or call our feedback line at 469-TG-Geeks. That is 469-844-3357. Happy listening. Peace. Cheers. Cheers.